Hello, everybody. My name is Chris Neal. I'm the associate pastor here at Grace, and I am honored to get to be here this morning. Uh, I do the Connect ministry with my lovely wife, Katie, and we are just like overjoyed. Yeah, big round of applause for Katie. Yes, yes, yes. I wish I'd have gotten more applause, but I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. You guys can raise your hands online for me. <laughs> I don't need approval. Did I say that out loud? Okay, I got to get going. Anyway, I'm so glad you guys are here. Like, we're humbled. And I do want to give a, like a few shout-outs. First one's to God. Like, God is on the move in this thing right here, this Experiencing God study. Like, we have over 300 people signed up doing this thing in some way, whether it's online, whether it's in small groups, whether it's in small groups in their house. Uh, I mean, it's just so amazing to see what God is doing. And then last year, before COVID, we had all these, these men's ministry things going. So another thing I get to do here at Grace is I get to coordinate and facilitate and kind of do all the eights that, that go along with the men's ministry. And, and it was going really well. We had some momentum. And then COVID hit. And we, I wasn't sure what to do. And then Experiencing God came along. And I'm happy to say that we have over 130 guys signed up. Like over 30 of them in men's groups, just, just other men, like iron sharpening iron in this thing. And we see God on the move. And then one last thing before we move on. We got a men's ministry retreat that, that I'm really starting to, to really get passionate about. And Josh, who sings up here, he can tell you more about it. He is super passionate about it. But I got to go last weekend, and it was, it was really a great experience. And so our vision is to get every man to go through this retreat. It's called For King and Kingdom. And we're super excited about that. And I can't wait to see what God's going to do through that ministry. It's really challenging, but it's also really rewarding to go through that. It's one of the greatest spiritual things I've ever experienced in my life. And probably one of the most challenging things I've ever experienced in my life. And so I got home, and, and we've been doing this experience in God, Katie and I. And, and I've been on this retreat, and, and my kids, the six-year-old, the nine-year-old, they've gotten their animals out. And they're like having a little retreat ministry with their animals and stuff. And my little six-year-old, he comes up to me and he goes, Dad. <laughs> he goes, Dad, because you were out learning about God, it made me want to learn more about God. And I was like, what? Yeah, it was just amazing. So we're glad you guys are here. And we're going to do week two memory verse. If you're online, you can do this as well. You can play along. Week two memory verse. If you happen to be doing Experiencing God, you can type it in the chat line there. See if you can beat anybody in here that can say it out loud. She's ready. Amen. I think you beat everybody online too. So, Some trust in chariots. Some trust in horses. But we choose to trust in the name of the Lord our God. Man, there's, I love that verse. It's so simple, but there's so much in that verse if you really just sit and think about it and meditate on it. And so that brings us to week three for all of you that are doing Experiencing God at home or in small groups or by yourself or those you just found out about it. It's not too late. So we're going to go ahead and get started. Go ahead and throw that verse up there. Jesus replied. Oh, this is Matthew 22, 37 through 38. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. So we need to get this part right today. Um, 
And so I really feel like this is kind of a DTR moment for a lot of you here. For a lot of you online, this might be a good DTR moment for you. And so a DTR moment is this, this awkward and kind of, kind of crazy conversation that two people have that have been together for a while. So a DTR is define the relationship. Some of you, if you're married, you had this, you had this conversation, hopefully at some point. And you, like, you want to know, are, are we still hanging out together? Are we just friends? Are we like really good friends? Um, you know, are, are we going to be a couple? Are we going to get married? Like, you just need to be able to put a label on the relationship. That's your DTR moment, when you put a label on the relationship. And some of you, I feel like this is your DTR moment in week three with experiencing God. Like, God wants you to define the relationship. Because God's already done his part. And to kind of give you an example of a good DTR moment, when Katie and I first started dating, it had been like two or six dates. We don't really keep track of all those things. But, you know, I, I, I knew she was amazing. She's not in here now, so that's good. I knew she was amazing. And, like, I wanted to make her my girlfriend quick before she got away. And so I know this is escalating quickly. But, but anyway, so I sat down with her, and I looked her in the eyes, and I said, I want to love you with all my heart and with all my soul and with all my mind. And her eyes got big and she was like so excited I could just tell. And I said, do you want to love me with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind? And she's like, oh, this, this is escalating quickly. And I said, I know. Like we were meant to be together. Like I could feel the same thing. And then all of a sudden she's like, oh, I, hear, I heard something. I said, what? She goes, I think my pager's going off. I said, pager? I got a pager too. It's getting even better. She goes, my pager's out in the car. And she took off running for the car. <laughs> you laugh now, but when I was on the hood of that car, <laughs> it totally worked out for me. <laughs> I'm not so sure about her yet. But that was our DTR moment. Some of that's true. Some of that's not as true as it should be. But <sighs> anyway. And that's kind of a silly example, but what if, just think about this with me, what if today, here at In-Person Church and online, what if you really sat down and you had a DTR moment with God today? So it might happen during this service, might happen sometime this week, might happen on your way home, but what if you sat down and had a DTR moment with God and you, you need to find the relationship because as we've been seeing and experiencing God over the last couple of weeks, like God's been pursuing us. We read how God, put it this way, so anybody that doesn't have it can, can order. But so God's been pursuing us. He's been pursuing us in this love relationship. We see this thread that runs through the Bible that God has this amazing love for us. And so now at some point, there becomes a, a point where you have to decide, like, do I really love God with all my heart and all my soul? In all my mind, there comes a point where you have to be able to put a label on the relationship. And I think deep down, we all want to be able to, to say that we love God with all of our heart and all of our soul and all of our mind. I think deep down, we want to look in, look in God's eyes and, and just say, God, I love you. I love you so much. God, I love you. And I've lived the life, God, to the best of my ability that shows I loved you, God, and that, and that, I, loved, and that I love other people, God, because I first loved you. And for me, I think I'm closer to really loving God with my everything than I have ever been before in my life. 
And I hope all of you can say something like that sooner or later, hopefully this week online. I hope you can, you can say something like that. I hope you'll put it in the chat box like, I love God with all my heart, with all my soul, and all my mind. But man, as we grow up, as we get older, guess what? People, they lie to us. And then people hurt us. And then you get in a relationship, and this person, I ain't never going to hurt you like those people did. I'm going to really love you. (laughs) And guess what? Those people end up lying to you, and those people end up hurting you, and those people end up leaving you, or worse. Because even the best human relationships are, are these imperfect people getting together. And relationships can be hard. And also, whether we know it or not, all these imperfect relationships... They make us question, like, can we really trust God? They make us question whether or not we can even, like, truly decide if we can love God with all of our heart and all of our soul and all of our mind. And that's what we've been learning in this experiencing God this week, is that Christianity, it's not about a religion. It's about a relationship. More specifically, it's about a love relationship. And so God doesn't want your DTR moment to be about you in the moment that you, you know, decided this was going to be my, my religion. You know, this is going to be it. Or this is going to be my denomination. Or your DTR moment about this is the year I got baptized. And those are all great things. But God wants your DTR moment to be about this love relationship that you have with him or that you're working on with him, and if you're working on it, we're so glad you're here. We're so glad that you, you are online today working on this love relationship that God has for you. But here's what I believe God wants for all of us this morning. I think God wants us to take the memory verse. Like, how, how nice is that? He already has a memory verse for us this week. And apply that memory verse to our lives. And work on our DTR relationship with God through that. Throw that up there. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And so our relationship with God should be characterized how we love God with all of our heart and all of our soul and all of our mind. And we see in scripture, like we see in scripture and in this experiencing God, that, that this is what we were designed for. And we see this love relationship in the very first love relationship we see in the Bible is, is when God creates Adam in his own image. And then God and Adam, they had this perfect love relationship. They had this perfect communion. They had this perfect fellowship together. And through this love relationship that God and Adam had together, God says, I'm going to give you two things, Adam. I'm going to give you life and I'm going to give you purpose. And this is where we pick up the story today. This is Genesis 2, 15 through 17. It says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and to care for it. And the Lord God commanded the man, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. So God, he gives Adam a choice. He gives him life and a purpose. And then he gives him a choice. Like, we've been in this love relationship, Adam. And now it's Adam's chance to respond to this love relationship that God and Adam had been in. Essentially, this is, this is Adam's big DTR moment. Will he choose life and purpose with God, with God? Or will he choose something else? Will he go his own way? 
But just think about it for a minute. Like, this is Adam's chance. This is his chance through his obedience or disobedience to the word of God. Adam has a chance to choose if he will truly love God with all of his heart, with all of his soul, with all of his mind. And then the Bible goes on to show us how important these relationships are. And after Adam had named all the animals, God had found no suitable helper for Adam. And so God makes a helpmate for Adam. And her name is Eve. And this is where the story continues in, two, in Genesis 2, 22 through 25. And then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man. And he brought her to the man. And the man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. This is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. And Adam and his wife were naked, and they felt no shame. So for those of us from East End and for those of you online, Adam is like, hubba hubba God. <laughs> like, this lady is amazing. And she is naked. As my six-year-old would say, she naked. <laughs> and then this last part is really just so beautiful to me. And they stood in the presence of God and they felt no shame. I mean, like how long has it been since you've been able to stand in the presence of God and feel no shame? Like, but in this perfect love relationship that Adam and Eve had with God, like they could stand in the presence of God and feel no shame in this perfect unity. And then Adam and Eve, they eat the forbidden fruit, and through this disobedience, they redefine their love relationship with God. And this is where the story continues in Genesis chapter 3, 8 through 10. The man and his wife, they heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man. He said, where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden. And because I was afraid, I was naked. So I hid. And here it is, God has come, and this part is so neat to me, like God has come to take his walk with them in the cool of the evening like he'd always done, and God went looking for them, and God was pursuing them, and guess what? He couldn't find them, and they were hiding because they were afraid, and they were ashamed because they had sinned. And in that moment, when God is walking through the garden, like he knew, he knew that deep down something had gone wrong with the love relationship that they were designed to have with God. And Adam and Eve, they went from having life and purpose in the garden. They went from standing in the presence of God with no shame to having this fear and this shame and this regret and this separation from God. And so I just want to ask you some questions today. If you're online, you can just close your eyes. Turn the volume up here. Like, just really listen to these questions. Like, really start to define your relationship with God. So what is your relationship with God like right now? Are you experiencing the fullness of his love? Are you in a relationship with God that gives you life and purpose? Like, do you eagerly wake up every day to start walking with God in the cool of the morning? Were you kind of experiencing what Adam and Eve did that day? 
Are you kind of experiencing what they felt in the garden that day when they had sinned? And they started to feel this shame before God. Or maybe you're somewhere in between all that. And some days, like, you're trying to get close to God. And then some days, you just go off and do your own thing. But the cool thing here in the story, and for all of us here today, and for all of you watching online, is this. Is that God pursued them. Like, God went looking for them. God pursued them in the garden. And God goes walking through the garden. He goes after them. And he goes looking for them because he wants to continue this love relationship that he had with them. Every day, God wants to have an appointment with you. Every day, God wants to walk with you in the cool of the day. Or every morning, he just wants to sit with you and hang out. And how many times a week does God show up and then you're nowhere to be found? And for me, it may sound something like this, because I usually have my quiet time with God in the morning. But sometimes I hit the snooze button, you know. And God's like, I was here this morning in the living room ready to talk with you, Chris. But you hit the snooze too many times. And Chris, I thought we would at least spend some time in the afternoon after you were done with all your stuff, after you got home, but you were too busy playing Angry Birds. And in that moment, when I blow off time with God for all these other things, like God knows deep down something has gone wrong with our love relationship. And God knows that I'm not loving him with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind. So we all have a choice today, how we're going to respond. You have the same choice that Adam and Eve had in the garden that day. And each of you gets to choose how you're going to respond to this unconditional and this amazing love that God has for us. If you're watching online, like you have the choice how you can respond. Because we can choose to love God or we can choose to walk away. We can choose to do whatever we want. We can choose to continue to prioritize the things of this world over the things of God. So last week, we looked at some things that kept us from trusting God. And this week, we're going to look at one thing that separates us from God. And that's everybody's favorite topic, sin. Yes. <laughs> big round of applause. But anyway, so it was sin that separated Adam and Eve from God. It was sin that separated them. It was sin that separates us from God, even though God continues to pursue us and God loves us with this everlasting love. It's sin that drives us away. It's sin that separates us. It's sin that breaks the love relationship with God. And I want to read Romans 3, 11 through 12 to you. It says this, it says, there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have all together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. That was encouraging, wasn't it? <laughs> but I want to look at this verse. Leave that verse up there for just a minute. I want to look at this verse for just a moment. So since the fall of mankind, when Adam and Eve chose to eat the forbidden fruit, how many people are naturally righteous? You can play online too. How many people are naturally righteous? So how many people seek to understand spiritual truths on their own? How many people naturally seek God on their own? It's a big goose egg. Like nobody. But thank God 
that God is a God who pursues. Thank God that God is a God who pursues. Look at John 3.16 with me. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So thank God that God is a God who pursues. Thank God that he is a God that always goes looking for us. Because when we sin, God doesn't cross his arms and turn up his nose and stand there and say, you are the one who sinned. You are the one who walked away. You are the one who made the mistake. And I'm just going to stand here and wait for you to come crawling back to me. No, God keeps coming after us. God keeps pursuing us. God keeps looking for us. And if you're here today, this is the coolest part of it. I say a lot of stuff is cool, but this is the coolest you didn't come here by accident. You may have thought you just walked in this place. You may have thought you got a reservation late. You may have thought you didn't. No, God draw, drew you into this place. If you're online, God called you into this place. However you got on the social media platform that you are on right now, God is calling you. You are here because God wants a love relationship with you. And some of us, we can even remember, like we can remember that moment that we kind of realize maybe God is pursuing me. And then some of us, we can remember the day and some of us, we can remember like the, the process that we went through to get in this love relationship with God. And we realize that God was pursuing us. And then in turn, we started looking for ways to experience God. Like when we felt this love, when we felt this pursuing love, we started looking for ways to learn more about God. So how many people have ever been in love in here before? You don't have to raise your hand. But I mean, when you love someone, like you want to spend time with that person. Like when you love someone, like you want to learn more about that person. When you love someone, you don't have to force yourself to spend time with that person. You don't have to, like, look for ways. To, no, you look for more ways to learn more about that person. You look for more ways to spend time with that person because you love them and you want to learn more about them. And if you're here today and you got to force yourself, man, i got to really force myself to do this study. Like, i got to really force myself to read the Bible. Like, i got to really force myself to spend any time with God or to experience God or to talk to God or even pray to God. If you're here, the morning, here this morning and that sounds like you, what that should be telling you at the core of who you are is that something has gone wrong with your love relationship. That something has gone wrong with your love relationship with God. And for many of us, we may not even understand like what it looks like to have a love relationship with God. Like we may not even understand what it looks like to have this love relationship with God. Like how do you even have a love relationship with the creator of the universe? How's that even work, God? And I think sometimes like we think, man, it's so hard to even work on our relationships with like our spouse or our kids. So how do we work on this relationship? Here's what I can tell you this morning. If you'll start working on your love relationship with God, every other relationship in your life over time will get better. And I think it's really cool that God has given us this memory verse from week three. And I think we can take some, some, of, some of the stuff from the memory verse in week three and we can apply it to our lives in practical ways. And we can learn more about God this week and really experience God. So throw that verse back up there again. 
Everybody that comes in here tomorrow, everybody online or next Sunday, everybody that comes online next Sunday, you should know this verse. Say this with me out loud. Even at home, don't just sit there. Say this with me. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Hopefully that starts to feel pretty good when you think about that. So love the Lord God with all your heart. Just leave that up there. Love the Lord God with all your heart. So basically, the heart is like the center of our emotions. The heart is the, is the center of our ambitions. It's our will. And so the heart is, is really the center of who we are. And then with our heart, we can kind of choose where we orientate our affections, like where we place our love, like what direction we're going to choose to adjust our lives, as Blackaby says. And we can also choose where we're going to put our desires through our heart. And sometimes that's hard, right? Because, because like we learned last week, that sometimes we're a little self-centered. Oh, nobody here, but you know, sometimes we're a little self-centered and our heart, it's a fickle pickle. Like it can get off track pretty quickly, right? But one thing I think we can do this week and moving forward is we can pray. So did you know that you can pray and ask God to help you love him more? Did you know that you can pray and ask God to change your heart? Did you know that you can pray and actually ask God to love God the way God desires to be loved? Like, I didn't even think about that until this week. It's like a huge revelation for me because, man, I pray for my family. I pray for my friends. I pray for my health. I pray for my finances. I pray for Joe. That's probably too hard. But I pray. Like, we pray for a lot of things, right? Like, we pray for a lot of things in our life. But how many times have you ever just stopped and prayed to God for God to help you love him more? Like, just stop and pray to God for God to help you love him more. Because if you're here today and you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have the Holy Spirit of the living God. If you're online and you want to learn more about accepting this Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then, then just click the button. Just let us know, message us. But if you're here today or if you're online and you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then you have the Holy Spirit of the living God living inside you. And the Holy Spirit will help us to love God more. So take the time this week and pray to God for God to help you love him more. So next, practically speaking, we're going to love God with all of our soul. And so what does it look like to do that? So soul in this, in this context is, is like the sum total of who we are. It's the sum total of all of our life choices. It's the sum total of your entire life. So when we take the sum total of our entire life, it's how do, we, how do we submit to God throughout our whole life? It's like, how do we love God throughout our whole life? How devoted are we to God throughout our whole life? How committed are we to obeying God's word throughout our whole life? And I think a lot of the times we think that we're committed, and a lot of times we think we're devoted, and then one day you wake up and you're going to go to in-person church, and it's a little drizzly outside. You guys did really good this morning. Yeah, I'll just catch it online. I won't cancel my reservation. No. I'll just catch it online. That's, that's what I'm going to do. And then or you decide, well, I'm just going to stay home and watch this thing online. And then all of a sudden you get all these ads and you realize it's Super Bowl weekend. Like there's 75 hours of pregame. 
I got to make some smoked meats. I got to wrap stuff in bacon. Like, we got to get this thing going. Or maybe, maybe you thought you were committed. Oh, he's upside down. There we go. Maybe you thought you were committed to doing this experience in God. And then you realize, man, this thing going to take some time. Like, this thing is going to take some time out of my life every day. And then you realize, look at this. There's actually memory verses in the back of this thing. They expect me to take memory verses and memorize them and write the word of God across my heart. Like, who got time for that, God? I thought I was committed, God. But then I realized in my schedule, like, I may have to get up early. Like, God, I may actually have to get up early and do this for you. Or, God, I may have to stay up late. I thought I was committed, God, but now i got to stay up late. And then this one happens. You may even have to turn off Netflix to get this thing done. I know. It's getting crazy now. Or Prime or Hulu or whatever it is you watch. Like, you may have to turn off one of your shows in order to experience God. But you thought you were committed. I thought I was committed. <laughs> Or, to put it like our good friend, Mr. Blackaby says in here. He says, maybe when you don't make time for God, you don't really have a scheduling problem. Maybe you have a love problem. So the bottom line is this. Like, we really make time for the things that are important to us. And investing in a real love relationship, just like any relationship, takes time and energy and effort. Because, man, when my kids, when they play baseball, when they play soccer, you know what we do? We adjust our lives. We get up early. We stay up late. We drive all over the crazy world. We, we go to places on Saturdays when it was hunting season, baby. Guess what? I adjust my life. When it's shopping season, Katie's out of control. Like, like she adjusts everything to go shopping. <laughs> when it's working out time, clearly I didn't make time for that. But practically, you're laughing way too hard at that one. But practically speaking... The soul is the sum total of how you choose to spend your life. It's the sum total of how you choose to bend your life toward God, to adjust your life towards God. So my challenge to you this week is, is take the time. Like, take the time and really do this for one week. Like, take the time and make the effort this week. Like, take the time and really examine your life. Like, where does all my time go? Like, take the time this week. And really experience God. And so lastly, we're supposed to experience God or love God with all of our mind. And so simply put, our mind is our thoughts, it's our emotions, it's, it's our way of thinking. It's, it's basically we want to take our minds and submit them to God's authority and God's teaching. That in our minds, we're going to resolve to, to obey God's commands as best we can. We're going to obey his, his will as best we can. We're going to orientate our desires towards God. Practically, though, we want to take time and we want to know God and God's word. And there is plenty of scripture in here. There's plenty of things that tells you to read in the Bible. If you just do this, you're going to get plenty of scripture. But for us here at Grace, it also means that you really do this study, that you read the things it tells you to read, that you take the time to pray about the things that you've read, that you take the time to meditate on the things you've read. And then over time... God changes, through God's word, he changes your stinking thinking. So remember, like we started this whole thing off, in the book of Acts, 
the disciples, they devoted themselves to studying and to reading God's word every day. Every day. They didn't just, they didn't just dabble. Like they did this every day. And so over this week, as we grow as becoming disciples, like really examine your life and try your best to love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And if you're online and you want to learn more about how to love God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind, message us, let us know. Like we want to walk with you. We want to make sure you feel like you belong. We want to love you. And if you're here, like... And you want to learn more about loving God with your heart and your soul and your mind and your body. Like, let us know. Talk to us. We want to walk with you through this experiencing God process.